0: Good afternoon to you, Dennis Stewart. How are you? I'm very well indeed. How are you? Very well. Now, you've been a very, very busy guy over the last week or two. I have. Uh, Of course, you were in Melbourne during the week. Mm. Please tell me more. Look,
1: Melbourne has always been the the heartland of my lecturing. Uh, I love the place, and I've conducted so many teaching programs down there. One of the programs I taught years ago, it was entitled Ayurvedic Herbology. That was a course talking about the application of the principles of Ayurveda to herbal medicine. Mm. This was a conference last weekend I attended where I was honoured to give a lecture on that topic to a large audience uh, which was addressed by multiple people, many doctors, philosophers, nutritionists... Uh, So that's where I was, and uh, I'll talk more
0: about it. Okay, that's very good. We look forward to that. And, Mm. of course, we welcome your calls on 49216216 if you have a question for Dennis. With Linda Ronstadt at 2NURFM. On air, online, and on your smartphone, it is 17 past 12. Of course, today we are talking health naturally with Dennis Stewart. Dennis, tell me, what is Ayurveda?
1: Oh, that's a lovely question. (laughs) I could talk all morning about it, but Ayurveda is a worldview a worldview that allows it to be used uh, in healing and particularly applicable to medicine it goes back as far as its origins are concerned to hundreds of years uh, before christ and um, it was uh, developed in india and it is still taught as a healing modality in a way of life in india today at the university level there are doctors in india that graduate Uh, as well as with a mainstream medical degree, with a degree in what's called Ayurvedic medicine. And Ayurvedic medicine uh, teaches a unique definition of health, which defines health as being a balance of the physical, uh, the mental, the spiritual, and even the social. It is probably one of the most holistic systems of medicine, and it's really storming the world, particularly the Western world, as more and more practitioners of medicine and as more and more ordinary people are looking for a more comprehensive way of healing where lifestyle, food, diet, herbs, meditation all play an important part in the maintenance of health and the recovery of health. And interestingly, Ayurveda allows herbal medicine to be applied in a unique way where the herb is prescribed more to the person rather than the disease. There is a vast array of literature dealing with Ayurveda, and I anticipate that it will be, in the coming decades, the leading alternative way of looking at health and disease, even in the Western world. And I've been privileged over many decades to have studied it, first at university and more uh, later on, on, on my own back, and have had the privilege of being able to run courses uh, in, uh, in New South Wales and also in Victoria on what's called Ayurvedic herbology, uh, looking at the way in which the system of herbal medicine that I've practiced and lectured on for many, many years can take on board this remarkable ancient but yet modern way of interpreting disease and recreating or establishing health. Now, I know that's a very verbose explanation, but mm. the essential thing is that it's, it's ancient but modern. It was developed in India before the, the Christian era. Its philosophy is about uh, seeing man as being part of the, of the macrocosm and seeing health as being essentially a point of balance And in, in the prescribing of herbs. It's not just the prescribing for a particular disease. It's the selection of herbs on Ayurvedic principles uh, for the patient, each person being seen as a different person, a different constitution, different problems, and herbs being selected on that sort of basis rather than just looking at the disease.
0: So is that where it you know, fits in herbal medicine?
1: Look, herbal medicine is just one very small part mm. of Ayurveda. Ayurveda is, is uh, more associated uh, with, with things like uh, well meditation, is very big in getting people to appreciate the significance of mindfulness, meditation techniques as a way of addressing their health and well-being. It's also very much interested in taking uh, food more seriously, seeing food as an article that must be seen more uh, than just fueling the body. Food being seen uh, from a perspective as being more of a medicine rather than just a food and of course seeing herbs in the context of uh, healing agents as part of that matrix if you like one component mm. uh, of using herbs in, the, in a worldview that embraces um things like i've said meditation diet lifestyle etc mm. uh,
0: dennis are there any outstanding herbal remedies from ayurveda or, you oh, know? there
1: are there are in fact um uh, one of the texts that I've lectured from for many years, a text entitled The Yoga of Herbs by Dr. Ludd and uh, Dr. David Frawley from the United States, uh, not only deals with some of the mainstream Western herbs that listeners would have heard me talk about for many years, but also introduces us to a selection of some primary remedies that come from South Asia. And, and one of the leading or most important remedies I would anticipate is going to really play a more prominent part in the practice of Western herbalism is a herb that directly comes from the Ayurvedic tradition and in Ayurveda it, it is known as shatavari, mm. and um is also botanically known as Asparagus Raismosa and from the Ayurvedic tradition it presents itself as one of the leading uh, fertility remedies and so uh, whereas we in the West uh, structure our treatment around functional infertility on the basis of Uh, frequently american herbs um, which are becoming increasingly scarce here we have a herb from the ayurvedic tradition asparagus raismosa uh, colloquially known or uh, known in india by its sanskrit name Mm. Shatavari. here we have that herb now playing a very very important part in techniques for helping couples um, achieve a pregnancy uh, particularly where idiopathic or functional infertility has been diagnosed. Mm. So that's one of the most important remedies from South Asia, and infertility and couples that are struggling with, with infertility and who can't afford perhaps um, the, the modern interventionist IVF techniques or who are wanting to try a softer approach first, uh, they should look for practitioners that are using that remarkable herb, Shatavari, Asparagus racemosa, probably the leading remedy for addressing functional infertility in Ayurvedic herbal medicine. And a good reference for practitioners that are listening to the program would be Dr. Ludd and Dr. Fraudy's book entitled The Yoga of Herbs, which is about the application of Ayurveda to the Western herbal selection, but also the introduction of remarkable remedies from the Ayurvedic tradition. Interestingly also, uh, one herb that over the last decades has become very much more popular in addressing things like uh, ADHD and concentration problems and focus problems is a herb called Bacopa Moniera. And Bacopa Moniera is referred to in, in India, in South Asia, as one of the Brahmi remedies. And Brahmi means focus, concentration, uh, contemplation. And interestingly, there's been some studies done on that herb, uh, usually in conjunction with a Western herb called Centella Asiatica, which, is, which has demonstrated that there is some improvement in, uh, in younger people who are battling with concentration and focus when over a period of time they append to their diet the herb Bacopa moniera, And I've had some remarkable feedback on uh, that particular herb to the extent that I have written a number of uh, papers for the public dealing with that particular herb in the context of ADD and ADHD and listeners who are interested in getting hold of a copy of the papers that I've written. On the Copemonti area, again, another remedy from the Ayurvedic tradition. They can pick it up free of charge from my rooms at 39 Elmer Road, Lambton.
0: All right, thanks, uh, thank you so much, Dennis. Now, uh, as we go to the phones, four nine two one six two one six is the number of you. Uh, do have a question for Dennis? As uh, Joyce has done exactly that from Wind uh, Windale. Good afternoon to you, Joyce.
2: Uh, good afternoon. Uh, how are you?
0: How are you, Joyce?
2: Uh, I'm not too bad, Dennis. I wonder if you could help me. Um, look, I have a, a friend who is in his 90s. Yes. Um, he's had shingles. Yes. And he's having a lot of trouble with nerves in his feet. Yes. Um, we dance a little bit and, uh, he... He just loses the feeling in his feet, and he sometimes falls over.
1: Okay. Is this something that's subsequent to his having had shingles?
2: Well, the doctor said it hasn't helped. Um, He has got, at his age, you know, his back's not real
1: good. Of course, of course.
2: But we've been trying to find something that maybe will... it, It only lasts probably about a minute two minutes and then he's as right as rain
1: okay look just a couple of little things and uh, these are suggestions rather than um, guarantees if he's had a a shingles episode uh, which is of course a a virus which can lead to what's called post-hepatic neuralgia which can be some uncomfortable uh, painful symptoms subsequent to the virus What I would suggest is that he goes to his pharmacy and talks about a product called Zostrix, Z-O-S-T-R-I-X, Zostrix, which is an over-the-counter product uh, and it's based on the herb capsicum and it does have an effect particularly on on nerve pain, on some of the neuralgic discomfort associated with the after-effect of shingles. Tell him to go to his pharmacist and talk about that as a starting base.
3: Right.
2: And, and there's nothing else. But I mean, nothing else you can do, like nothing else you can take or, or well, anything.
1: A, again, again here, if he's dealing with something like peripheral neuropathy, um, that is a very difficult condition to treat, as your doctor would tell you. There is, however, a supplement that's being put forward in the literature presently, tentatively, called alpha-lipoic acid. Alpha-lipoic acid, and again, it's a, it's a natural substance. It's available. It's over-the-counter. When you're talking to the pharmacist about Zostrix, mentioned alpha-lipoic acid as an agent that's being used somewhat tentatively but with some positive uh, support in the addressing of peripheral uh, neurological conditions. It's, It's worthwhile trying. It's not expensive. It's a natural substance. Talk to your competent pharmacist about it.
0: Good on you, Joyce. Thanks so much for the call. Kathleen, good afternoon to you. Hello. Hello, how are you?
3: Good thing. Oh Well, pretty well. Yes, good, good. Um, Just wondering, Mm. um, it's not anything that I've heard very much about. I've been looking it up on the net. A doctor has not actually diagnosed me with it as such, although um, leaky gut.
1: Yes, look, it's a term that's uh, increasingly used to describe uh, a lot of conditions ranging from uh, allergenicity Uh, food intolerances, gut problems, diarrheic conditions, and even allergies. The hypothesis is, and I'll speak in fairly simple and and straightforward and perhaps crude language, uh, what it purports to say is that the gut wall has become become leaky and is allowing, if you like, maldigested protein molecules to move across it, get Mm -hmm. into the circulation and set up reactions some of those being allergic type reactions Mm -hmm. it is is also uh, put forward as being the basis of uh, some symptoms of what's called irritable bowel disease Mm -hmm. and um, the the, the hypothesis does make some sense it it goes uh, we have to be careful however how far it goes towards a a treatment. Uh, I I tend to take it on board as a hypothesis, but I think we have to be cautious that it is not pushed to the extent of being seen a a cure-all. And unfortunately, sometimes in in alternative or complementary medicine, theories come and they they stay for a while, they become very big, they become almost a cure-all solution to many problems, and I've seen that over the years... What sort of symptoms do you have, Kathleen?
3: Well, I have simply um, intolerance to a lot of food. Okay. Right, um, whereby I used to have foods that were partially cooked and salads and so on and so forth, and yes. wheat um, oh. and such. I've gone to sourdough breads, uh-huh. um, softer foods.
1: Yep. and, um, all, and all those things... Uh, are useful things to do. But but my approach is to say, well, as, as well as doing something like that, which is working along the pathways of eliminatory um, processes, eliminating certain foods and preparing certain foods in, in certain forms, my view is to take on board some of the principles of Ayurveda, which talk about the importance of the gastrointestinal tract being kept at an optimum level. So as well as what you're doing, uh, I would take on board some of the principles of Ayurveda and work around what are called warming remedies. Now, this might sound a little bit simple, but in Ayurveda, the upper part of the gut, particularly the stomach, is considered to be almost the throne of the organism. And in Ayurveda, uh, they talk about, uh, how can you call it, a, di- a digestive concept called Agni, A-G-N-I, which is the digestive fire. So whereas we in, in Western medicine seek to define your situation from a leaky gut perspective, Ayurveda would say, look, bring in some herbs into the dietary program, which, mm-hmm. will, en- which will encourage all the secretory activity of the gut and that should take uh, place, and, and should help many functional symptoms. So, uh, starting with gentle, uh, gentle warming herbs that have an effect on the upper part of the digestive system, such as, things such as coriander, things such yes. as things such as ginger. I'm
3: Though, having ginger and um, lemon um, yes, well, peel. Well, well, well that's In. fine.
1: That's fine, but be a little bit cautious with 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 bitter-tasting substances because in, in Ayurvedic medicine, they're not really the sorts of things that are seen as being helpful for gut conditions. You're looking at something that needs to vitalise the gut, to bring in warmth, to bring in digestive fire, and everything will take its cue from that. And I'm speaking a little bit energetically, a little bit along Ayurvedic language, and one of the best things I could say to you in, in, in winding up our discussion is, look, you're obviously... Interested in, in a holistic approach to health and your health problems, get hold of an elementary text that will introduce you to Ayurveda and you'll see what I'm talking about the importance that it places on using uh, food Food substances, particularly the warming herbs, in inverted commas, as a means of rehabilitating the gut and making the gut a lot more tolerable for many foods that presently it can't tolerate. That's that's one of the things you should do, warm, and the other thing you should do is bring in uh, herbs also, such as slippery elm. Oh, okay. And slippery elm. Let me just say, is a herb that I've proclaimed and preached for nearly 40 years. I've taken that forever. Uh,
3: I'm, and then I stop.
1: Well, I think slippery elm is remarkable because what it does, it, it uh, protects the gut wall from the upper gut right through to the lower gut. And it works against permeability of the gut wall. It leads to healing of the gut wall. It lessens inflammatory activity on the gut wall, all of which allow for a restoration of normal, healthy gut functioning. So as well as bringing in some of the herbs that we've talked about, some of which you're using, the ginger, the coriander, also here and there a little bit of capsicum start to use some uh, some slippery elm as a primary remedy and i think those two little things should start to see you perform a little
0: bit better uh, and good afternoon to you brie maybe she's not there she's still there afternoon to you Bree. hello
3: hello i'm
0: here hello
1: brie how
3: can we help you um, both of my sons, my one-year-old and four-year-old, have confirmed case of cryptosporidium. Mm-hmm. Um, my eldest also has dientomoeba and blastocystis. Mm-hmm. Um, the doctors basically told me that there's nothing you can do, like no antibiotics or anything, and my youngest has had diarrhea for going on three weeks now. Mm-hmm. I was just wondering what your take on it is, and if, you can, if there's any natural remedies out there that would be able to help.
1: I think with something like this, because your children are young and developing and otherwise healthy, they'd be healthy children? Yep. What I think your doctor is is probably saying is that given time, their own defence mechanisms, their own immunity, should be able to deal with this particular pathology. And because they're so young, you obviously have to be cautious about doing anything heroic, uh, and give time and their growth processes a chance to do their job i will however mention a couple of simple things that might help deal with this uh, parasitic uh, condition simple things mm-hmm. that are, that are safe first of all i would suggest that you take on board uh, some of the evidence that's out there now suggesting that the manuka honey has more Ooh. than uh, the manuka honey has a significant effect on certain minor um, pathologies and is even being used in parts of the world, particularly in the United Kingdom, as an agent to deal with infection and inflammation. Uh, Manuka honey is a medicinal honey, in my opinion, and in fact there has been some literature suggesting that because it is such a medicinal agent with such a, a potential antimicrobial benefit, that it should be used not ongoingly as a food because it's a significant antimicrobial microbial honey. So it's one of the things that um, I suggest uh, you contemplate okay. using. It would certainly not be offensive to the kids, I'm sure. And Just if you're
2: adding if, it to their food, if, yeah,
1: if you're going to yep. get manuka honey go to your health food store and ask for the best grade, which means that you might pay a little bit more for it, but um, mm-hmm. it's worthwhile. The other thing that I would suggest is that, um, I don't know whether you're using these, uh, this as well, but um, using some high-quality yoghurt. Yeah, well, they don't drink yoghurt, so
3: I've got the kids in the health class that
1: well, is Well, I think what you're doing there is, is excellent, and I think given, mm. t- given time, even those simple recommendations, the use of something like the, uh, the probiotics and using something like uh, Manuka honey, those two mm-hmm. things on their own are better than uh, suggesting uh, some okay. more powerful and potentially challenging antimicrobial agents. Um, try those two things. They're harmless yep. and given time. I'm sure your healthy children will work through this.
0: Good on you, Bree. All the best with it. 49216216 is the number to uh, talk to Dennis Stewart this afternoon. Good afternoon, uh, Kath from Adamstown.
2: Hello. How are you, Dennis?
1: I'm Well, indeed, Kath. How are you?
2: Very good, thank good, you. Good. Um, just a quick question yes. about uh, rosacea. Yes. Um, I'm on an antibiotic called doxy- Doxycycline. Cycline. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, yeah I am um, i haven't been back to my doctor since that was prescribed at yes. the end of January. Yes. Um, I will return in the next week or so. Um, just what are your thoughts on long term? I, I don't want to be, um, I seem to have a lot on the prescription, a lot of repeats. Yes. Um, I don't know if I want to take them for that long.
1: Kath, I'll just explain quickly to the listeners. Rosacea is a condition that uh, afflicts the face. It could involve the nose, uh, the cheeks, and manifests itself in redness, sometimes pustular lesions. Mm. Um, And it's a very common condition, particularly in in, uh, ladies at your stage of life. Are you you (laughs) postmenopausal? Oh, yes, probably. Okay. Well, um, it's, I guess I'm trying to say that it's. You're blushing, it's, Dennis. It's, an, it's not an uncommon condition. But look, the, the, the way that mainstream medicine treats it is to address the infection and the pustular symptoms by prescribing an antibiotic. I I worry about um, the long-term use of an antibiotic, as I'm sure your doctor would, and we have to say to ourselves, are there options? Uh, Look, I'm thinking of a a lady that I treated from Abermain, who was probably one of the worst rosacea patients that I've seen in my life, who had virtually exhausted the antibiotic approach, and was very compromised as far as her uh, willingness to go out and socialise because (laughs) we used a technique of uh, putting her onto a liquid herbal formulation of well-known herbs, well-known herbs. The leading one, interestingly, was the herb calendula or greater marigold, which plays a very important role in our system of medicine dealing with chronic infection, and we combined it with the North American herb known as, as echinacea, and combined it with a North American herb called Oregon Mountain Grape. Uh, they won't mean much to you, but essentially to medical herbalists, they, they, uh, they're acknowledged as very significant herbs for addressing chronic or recurring infection. We placed that lady on that uh, treatment, and we also prescribed MyGA cream. And what I would suggest is, even though now you're on, on the antibiotic it might be useful to reinforce that antibiotic with the GA cream, which, once the infection is controlled, the GA cream frequently can maintain the momentum of the treatment. So, yep. what I would suggest you do is um, get it under control with the antibiotic, then come into 39 Alma Road and, and pick up the medication. My staff, the dispensing staff, would know it based on calendula. Uh, the Oregon Mountain grape and echinacea in a liquid form, mm-hmm. and start using that, and at the same time, almost from today, start using the GA cream. That's okay. that's my my approach, and I, I don't need to boast. I've been in the game too long. I can reflect on numerous patients that I've helped with this condition who have done the right thing. They've seen their GP who's done the right thing and gave the standard management. But unfortunately, rosacea can be such a chronic and recurring condition that the ongoing constant use of antibiotics is not desirable and, and the patient may exhaust the antibiotic benefit. That's where this approach using natural medication with very well-defined uh, antibiotic-type herbs reinforced by a topical application known as the GA cream based on, on licorice has brought about a remarkable benefit. By, by the way, I might just tell you, Kath, um, mm-hmm. my receptionist, when I was practising in Morunga uh, a number of years ago, my receptionist had uh, nasty rosacea, which was brought under control and then kept under control. Let me emphasise, kept under control by a use ongoingly of the GA cream.
2: Oh, wow. Okay.
1: Mm.
2: All right. That sounds fantastic, Dennis. I will call in and um, I'll get that sorted. Thank you very much.
1: If I'm there, I'll be happy to have a talk with you.
2: Yeah, okay, great. So that's fine. I can, you know, while I'm still on this antibiotic, just take... The
1: the GA cream should be okay. But while you're on the antibiotic, um, I think it's wise to allow the antibiotic to do its job, to, to bring it down. And then to contemplate moving on to the herbs, right. once, once it presents pretty well.
0: Good afternoon to uh, you, Peter. You've got a question regarding uh, depression.
3: Yeah, Dennis, um, my daughter is suffering from depression, and I was just wondering, is there anything that may help her um, in regards to that?
1: Okay. Peter, Peter. Uh, how old is your daughter, Peter?
3: Uh, Twenty-nine.
1: Okay. Uh, is she living on her own or with you?
3: No, no, she's um,
1: has been uh, with her husband. OK. Uh, is she being managed medically for the condition with antidepressants?
3: Well, at this stage, um, she, you know, she, she's thinking about doing that, but okay. I just thought there may be something okay. better.
1: Well, depression is one of those conditions that varies as far as its intensity is concerned. And in any level of depression, I, I think uh, the best advice that I could give would be Uh, see the general practitioner to get an assessment of it now many general practitioners these days um, will be quite open to the idea of the patient working with a non-drug approach uh, and uh, that could vary in recommendations but in the softer or less serious levels of depression two herbs are useful to think around uh, one of which your doctor I'm sure would know about And that is the herb called St. John's Wort. Now, St. John's Wort, if you were to Google it up, has a very useful and and positive reputation for dealing uh, with the early and less serious or the milder levels of depression and you have noticed you would notice there the terminology I've used, uh, it, it would not be applicable to be used in more serious levels of depression, which obviously need to be managed uh, by a GP or maybe a psychiatrist. But St John's Wort, uh, I've had uh, very good uh, feedback over the years uh, from patients who have used it, have benefited from it, and have uh, stopped the drift, if you like, to stronger medication. Factor that one in as a, as a starting base. It's an over-the-counter preparation, but again, I think that any level should be run past the GP as a starting base. But the other herb, um, which is also uh, popularly used, is the South Pacific herb known as kava. Now, kava is a herb that uh, you would probably experience the moment you got off the plane in Fiji, but it is a medicinal herb and when used in in a medicinal dosage it has three applications. Applications being anxiety, depression and insomnia and each one of those conditions is treated with a different a dosage of kava. So uh, the dosage of kava would be important in uh, inducing an antidepressional effect, I ha- obviously haven't got it at my fingertips. But again, if you were to ring my rooms at New Lambton on four nine five six two three two one, my staff would be happy to give you the the doses that would be recommended from the literature for using the herb carver in that way. I could not really see too much wrong, in fact, with combining those two herbs. Um, or, if you want, just go one, one at a time. But either one of them would be recommendations that I would have no trouble in passing on to people for the softer, milder, non-medical states of depression.
0: All right, all the best with that, Peter. Thanks so much for the call. 49216216 is the number to call this afternoon. Uh, Julia from Hamilton South, you've got a question for Dennis. Uh, yes, I do. Um, a hip
2: bursitis.
1: Very nasty, Julia. Mm, I know. What management have you had for your bursitis so far? Well, I've only just been
2: to the doctor today, and they're going to do a scan and an X-ray and um, probably... um,
1: Cortisone injection? Cortisone injection, yes. Look, a, a cortisone injection can be sometimes quite effective in giving you some relief from the immediate symptoms. And as strange as it might sound, I'm not opposed to that at all, but a couple of things you might want to factor in or can think about that, uh, in my opinion, you should go on to something uh, additional to it that has some anti-inflammatory and mild analgesic characteristics. And a preparation that would be quite useful, in my opinion, and very economical, would be a preparation based on the herb willow bark. Oh, yes. And willow bark is the oldest... Um, of the anti-inflammatory bracket of herbs it is not just a crude form of aspirin by the way Uh, aspirin is derived from it but i have a willow bark tea which uh, my patients use for this condition which brings about some degree of relief from the discomfort by dispersing some of the inflammation and working as a mild analgesic so if you have a chance Get over to my rooms in Alma Road, 39 Alma Road, and get hold of some willow bark tea. Uh, take yeah. it across the day. It's not unpleasant. And the reason I've prepared it, Julia, in a, in a tea form, is that using herbs in this simple way is the most economical and inexpensive way. You would have heard, you would have heard me on this program lament the fact that many so-called natural products are reaching the point where ordinary people can't afford them. They're they're so expensive. So what I've determined to do in my final years of practice is to simplify the way that that herbs are used, and increasingly I'm taking on board the the method of Ayurveda, which means using herbs in their crudest form. Try some willow bark herbal tea, but at the same time, while you're at my rooms, get hold of a product called Stiff, Sore and Sorry. And rub, OK. Now, can you tell on. me, are
2: your rooms wheelchair accessible?
1: Uh, yeah, um, pretty well, pretty well. If, if not, my staff could easily come and help you up a little. Um, I think there's about a three or four inch step that is required to get from the footpath
0: into my rooms. All right. All right. OK. Thanks so much for the call. 49216216 is the number. Uh, John from Edgeworth, you've got an eye condition, mate.
3: Yes. Um, hey, Dennis. Hello, John. Uh, Claire and I were there yesterday. Yes. About Fleur's problem. Yes. And I heard you talking to a lady that's got crooked eyes. Yes. I've got distichiasis or some damn thing, <laughs> and I've also got chronic blepharitis as well. Yes. And they've got me on doxycycline.
1: Doxycycline is the antibiotic, that's correct.
3: Yeah, and I'm not happy with it. You know, take it all the time. Well, now, mm-hmm. we've got the GA cream. Yes. Now, do you think I ought to... Um, I haven't had any problem with it because at the moment it's uh, clear. Good. But what he said was if if I was to go off the doxycycline and I've got to have a cataract done, they yes. won't do the operation. He's correct. hear it up.
1: Your, your doctor is, is spot on, and I would suggest in your case, mate, that you abide by what your doctor has told you there because um, your concern about the antibiotic is understandable, but if you have to have a medical procedure, you want to you make sure that there's no evidence of infection. So you must be guided by
0: your GP. OK. All right, thanks so much for the call. 49216216. Uh, good afternoon to you, Pam. Uh, you've got blocked ears. There's nothing worse than that.
3: Hello,
0: That's Pam. Right. Uh, hello. Hello. There hello, Pam. What
1: what sort of uh, treatment have you had for it, Pam?
3: I, I get antibiotics, yeah. and I have to use I can't use any um the nose sprays because I've got glaucoma. Yes. Well uh, yeah. I I've had look at. I've had it on and off for a couple of years now, and it's gradually got worse. It doesn't go at all. Now,
1: when you say you have ear ear problems, do you you mean there that your hearing is starting to be affected?
3: One one ear is, but my ears are blocked all the time. I've got to keep blowing, you know, um, holding my nose and blowing my ears out to try and clear them.
1: Has your doctor talked about uh, catarrh or congestion or mucus?
3: yeah, and okay. that's why they put me on the antibiotics, okay. to try and clear it up, but it's not,
1: it doesn't one, clear it up. One, one of the things I would recommend, it'll have to be quick because the program's coming to an end, is that you contemplate using a bracket of what are called bioflavonoids, which also contain what's called bromelain, which is an enzyme from the pineapple. There's a product called Flavor Blend, F L A V A You would have heard me talk about it. It's, it's an important part of my management of chronic upper respiratory tract conditions that involve things like blue ear, recurring sinusitis, congestive conditions. I would suggest you uh, try some Flavor Blend available from my rooms at at Alma Road. It it, it will not conflict, let me emphasize, not conflict with the antibiotic because it isn't an antibiotic. It's working quite differently. But Mm -hmm. uh, if I had your condition, I would be thinking of the history of the bioflavonoids and particularly bromelain in its ability to break up congestion and lessen some of the dampening down of your hearing.
3: So if I come over to your shop, they'd know what to give me?
1: They certainly would.
3: Okay. Thank you very much. Thank
0: you. Thanks so much for the call. Have a nice weekend. That's about it for us, Uh, Mr Dennis Stewart. Very good program. I'm impressed with you. Well, mate, uh, I'm good at <laughs> pressing buttons. <laughs> oh, you're a bit better than that. <laughs> oh, goodness. Now, is the book coming along okay? Oh, it's coming very well. I'm still waiting for that uh, personal uh, signed copy. Signed. It'll cost you. Uh, it'll pro- cost probably you. free. It'll cost you. That's it. Have a nice weekend, mate. Thank you very much. Uh, busy week on the way. We'll talk to you again next week. Thank Thanks you. so much for your time today. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle.